You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to the fifth installment of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we are going to combine our medical expertise with fantasy baseball and baseball injuries to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. I am Brandon Bowers, a doctor of physical therapy, and alongside me, as always, is doctor of physical therapy, Drew Ingalls, uh, getting ready to kick off episode five, Drew. It's hard to believe we're already five episodes deep, but here we are getting ready to talk about some injuries. It is pretty crazy. And one side note, the Tigers are doing better than expected. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people expected them to be uh, kind of basement dwellers in the AL Central, but the uh, the Royals have taken on that role here early on. So good news for you and your Detroit Tigers uh, here early on in the season. With that, we're going to jump right in. Uh, we've got a list of new injuries to individuals over the past couple of weeks. And then we also have some injuries we've discussed in previous episodes that we're going to revisit and discuss how some of these guys are doing. So uh, we're going to kick things off here talking about Freddie Freeman uh, for the Braves. He had a wrist sprain. Drew, what can you tell us about Freeman? Yeah, so he was hit by a pitch. Uh, the worry was that it was going to be you know somewhat similar to last season's injury, which took him out of action for about six weeks, a little over six weeks. Uh, the good news, x-rays were negative. He's back in the lineup, and uh, you know he's doing just fine. So just uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Should be good to go. The good news there for Freeman here early on, like you said, the x-rays were negative and he doesn't seem to have missed a beat here so far. Another individual uh, with an injury, uh, a bit of an obscure injury, not something you hear every day, is Rich Hill for the Dodgers. was actually placed on the disabled list with a cracked fingernail. Uh, he was placed on the DL back on the 15th of April. Uh, everything's progressing well for Rich Hill. Uh, to come back to that Dodgers rotation. He's expected to return one eligible as long as he doesn't hit any complications. Uh, he resumed throwing on the 20th of this month. So that was last Friday. 10 days on the DL will be tomorrow, the 25th, I believe is the first day that he will be eligible and the Dodgers expect him to come back without any issues. Moving along to a little bit more significant injury and kind of an unfortunate blow for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll talk a little bit about Tawan Walker, Drew. Yeah, so he uh, tore his UCL, so he's going to require Tommy John surgery. Uh, he was pitching lights out. I mean, he had a lower ERA than his than his career, um, so it was three three point four five ERA. And uh, you know, part of the the key rotation out in Arizona with Robbie Ray, Greenkey, Godley, and Corbin, um, you hate to see him go down, especially you know early in his career. Um, you know, we, we should expect him back around May of, of next season uh, if the rehab goes as planned. Yeah, so like you said, just a tough blow for, for the Diamondbacks. Um, and it's just unfortunate. It seems like there have been a lot of big names this year who have gone down with the UCL tears. But it's kind of the nature of the game with the increased velocity. These guys are throwing harder and harder. It's putting more stress on that medial elbow and just another tough blow out there for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Moving on to Byron Buxton. Again, another kind of unique diagnosis here that you don't see too many guys deal with and go on the DL. Uh, he was dealing with some migraines, and he was play, also placed on the DL back on April 15th. He was dealing with some blurred vision, vision dizziness, and they had put him on some medication to help dial back some of those migraines. Uh, he's feeling well enough to take BP on the 21st of April, and he began a rehab assignment on Sunday, and then... 
Um, I believe he played center field last night. Is supposed to play center field again this evening and expected to come off the DL tomorrow. Uh, he was off to a bit of a rush start batting 195 through 11 games. I always know Drew with Buxton. I mean, he's off to a slow start at the plate, but he's always he's always exciting to watch out in the field uh, and see kind of the things he can do out there in center. Some pretty unbelievable catches when he's healthy out in center field for the Twins. Oh, definitely. And especially when he gets on base, stolen base is, is likely in the cards. Um, but the migraines, they can be definitely debilitating. If you you know look into some of the different uh, sports, Percy Harvin, he's been out, you know, chronically, you know, you know, when he was playing, obviously he was out chronically due to migraines. And I believe Steve Francis, who used to play for the Rockets point guard, he had to sit out quite a few games during his playing career due to migraines. So It'd be interesting to see if how this plays out throughout the rest of the season, if this is a reoccurring issue for him. Yeah, you know, a migraine, Drew, is nothing that I've experienced personally, but just in having seen patients who have with migraines, like you said, they're debilitating. And, and this isn't the type of headache that lasts a couple hours or just a day. Sometimes these things can last days on end and uh, really slow you down. So it sounds like Buxton's doing well, uh, and they expect him to come off the table list tomorrow. So... Hopping mm-hmm. over to Milwaukee uh, with Ryan Braun, Drew, dealing with a bit of a calf issue. What can you tell us? Yeah, he sat out a couple games due to calf soreness. He's back in the lineup. Uh, a couple games ago, he hit a three-run shot. Um, you know, with Ryan uh, Ryan Braun, he's he hasn't played uh, over 140 games since 2012. Um, you know, he's getting towards the back end of his career, so I would expect him probably to to continue the trend of not playing in, in, in over 140 games. Um, to start off the season, he's got five home runs and he's batting 220. So, um, you know, not his typical typical form, if you will. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how he does. Uh, again, we've talked about it in previous episodes with those soft tissue injuries and being that he's a little mm-hmm. bit older. It wouldn't, wouldn't be surprising to me if he, if he deals with this again here later in the season. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to the Bronx and talk a little bit about Tommy, I believe you say, Canley, um, Mm -hmm. dealing with the rotator cuff and the biceps tendonitis. Uh, I got that rotator cuff comprised of four muscles in your shoulder, and then that bicep muscle and tendon attaches right into the shoulder as well. He was placed on the DL on the 16th of April, and he's being shut down from throwing for 10 days, so that 10 days will be up. Uh, We're recording this on April 24th, so it will be up in two days on Thursday, the 26th. Uh, manager Aaron Boone anticipates around a three-week return to play timetable uh, to start the season. He's thrown seven and a third innings with a not-so-good 6.14 ERA. So, uh, with that, the tendonitis and, and the biceps and the rotator cuff really rest. Physical therapy uh, are, are the best interventions. So, hopefully, that'll do the trick here uh, for Canley in New York. Mm-hmm. Looking at Jerickson Profar for the Rangers, he sustained a concussion, Drew. I was actually at the game. I was down on vacation uh, down in Florida, and it was a game against the the Rays. It was a pretty nasty-looking collision at second base, Drew. What can you tell us about concussions? Yeah, collided with uh, Malik Smith. Uh, you know, typically you don't see concussions in baseball. Uh, you know, usually, uh, you know, obviously it's more related to the collision rather than, you know, tripping and falling and hitting your head. Uh, but uh, – with the concussion, you know, there's obviously the protocol that you have to follow through. And, you know, some of the symptoms could be, you know, uh, some dizziness, some nausea, some issues, uh, vision, um, you know, some memory deficits, but rest. Uh, and then a little light cardio is actually the best thing for concussions. Um, he sat out two games. 
he's been back in the lineup and he's batting over 300 since he's back in the lineup. So uh, I don't think this should be a lingering issue since he's doing pretty well since the injury. Yeah, always a scary thing when you see any type of head injury, especially with the NFL, Drew, as you know, with all the CTE stuff that's Mm -hmm. come out. It's one of those things that, I mean, in some of these contact sports back in the day, it was, oh, you just got your bell rung, get back out there. But we're seeing more and more now uh, with the medical professionals on the sideline, really making sure that they're taking these things seriously. So good news for for Profar uh, that he's back out there already. uh, And so he should be in good shape there for the Rangers. Taking a look at Jay Bruce for the New York Mets, dealing with some plantar fasciitis. Um, And this may seem uh, not too bad on the surface, but if you've ever dealt with plantar fasciitis, it's nothing to to mess around with. Uh, To my knowledge, when uh, we put this show together a couple of days ago, Bruce had not been placed on the DL at that time. Um, He had been given a couple of games off just to kind of rest. I guess this is, this is a condition that he's dealt with over the course of his career, and Bruce said himself that this flare-up is worse than previous flares that he's had throughout his career. Essentially, for those of you who are unaware, this, uh, this fascia is essentially a band of tissue that's on the bottom of your foot, and the, the origin of that fascia can get irritated and become very, very painful. Um, it's kind of right on the underside of that heel. So anything running, jumping, cutting can be very painful and, and tough to complete. So um, best interventions for this plantar fasciitis are, are going to be some rest, some, some physical therapy, maybe potentially a corticosteroid injection um, to help calm that thing down. But this, this plantar fasciitis has plagued him in the past. So if he doesn't get any sort of intervention to address it now, I would expect it continues to linger for Jay Bruce. Mm-hmm. Going to Tampa Bay and Kevin Kiermaier. Um, dealing with a torn ligament in his thumb, Drew, what can you tell us? So he's sliding headfirst into second base. That's the usual mechanism of injury where that thumb gets caught. Um, we've seen this, I mean, you're going to see this yearly. The you know most prevalent player who had it uh, was Mike Trout. Uh, he tore his UCL. He was out for six weeks. Um, but it was his non-throwing hand, which is the opposite of Kevin here. He uh, He – the thumb that he tore, or the ligament, excuse me, in his thumb that he tore is his throwing hand. So he might be out a little bit longer. Um, with Kevin, he's such a, a um, you know, explosive and daring outfielder that he misses a lot of games. Uh, going back to 16, 2016, he missed 48 games with injuries. In 2017, he missed 61 games um, uh, with a fractured hip in 2017. So He's a, a injury you know prone guy because he just throws his body around. Um, you know this one is a little bit more controlled rather than you know some of the, the acrobatic catches he makes in the outfield. But uh, you know this this might be a little bit longer than you know quote unquote the average UCL uh, uh, tear. Yeah, tough blow for Kiermaier. He was one of those guys that, like you said, is a, is a gamer out there in center field throwing his body around. I mean, any of those highlight reel center fielders and outfielders. I, I just think being an Indians fan back to Grady Sizemore, who would go out there and, and throw his body all over the place at all costs to, to make mm-hmm. a catch or uh, something of that nature. And, and he battled injuries his whole career and unfortunately cut his career short because of the injuries. So just one of those guys who, who's younger and who you, you really hope he, he's able to stay healthy and stay out there. Because when he, when he's out there, he can be absolutely electric. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's struggled this year, you know, you know, at the plate, but defensively he's, he's top notch. 
Taking a look at Josh, Har- Josh Harrison for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He left uh, a game with a left fifth metacarpal fracture. Essentially, that's the long bone in the hand that kind of sits underneath of the pinky. Uh, placed on the disabled list on the 16th of April, and the team expects him to miss six weeks. Uh, he was hit by a 96-mile-an-hour fastball against the Marlins on the 15th of April, uh, which does not sound comfortable. I've never experienced that myself, Drew, but a 96-mile-an-hour fastball anywhere on the body, uh, it can't be too too uh, desirable. Uh, Real quick, Brandon, uh, you faced off against a uh, – was it a uh, minor league player during uh, one PT session? Yeah, so uh, I, I just finished up with a doctor physical therapy student intern, and her boyfriend actually plays uh, independent league baseball. He's playing this wow. summer out for the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs in the Atlantic League, um, and he was working shout up. Out. Yeah, shout out for the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. We'll have to tag him in this uh, in this post. Um, <laughs> but he he was training to go out and get ready uh, to, to pitch for them this year, and uh, we went to his training facility. I always thought it'd be cool to try and hit a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. And so I uh, stepped into the box and gave it my best shot. And I actually ended up with two foul balls and two balls that – they were in play. They weren't hard hit, but I was able to put it in play. Uh, those were all fastballs. Yeah, so I was impressed. After he yeah. strayed away from the fastballs and was throwing me all the off-speed stuff, I didn't stand a chance. Uh, I, I looked pretty foolish. Um, Couldn't so, yeah, hit the junk. No, no, I didn't. I did not. You, you see it coming in at eye level and that thing drops off and sails out, out of the zone and you just look like you're swinging it air. Um, so it, it's definitely it a difficult test. You know, it gives you a, a true appreciation of, of the beauty of, of, you know, the level of, of these guys out there. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty insane. I mean, you watch it on TV, but and you can go to the games and, and sit close and kind of have an appreciation mm-hmm. for how hard they're throwing but I, I don't think it's until you actually step into that batter's box and you watch that first fastball go by you're like wow this thing's coming in hot so uh how scared were you that you're gonna get hit you know I, if i if i said i wasn't scared i'd be lying to you uh that that first <laughs> fastball came right down the middle and i kind of had the realization that i'm actually doing this second fastball mm. came in and i took a step back uh, third fastball okay. came in and he's like, no, 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 you got to get back in the box and just give it your best shot. And mm-hmm. he, he told me he wasn't going to hit me and he did. And he had a, obviously <laughs> playing professional ball. Um, he's got good enough control. Uh, it was just a matter of me trusting him and, uh, just trying to get in there and make contact. Hmm. That's a good story. So and definitely a neat experience, but back to Josh Harrison, uh, hit on the hand by a pitch, broke that fifth metacarpal. Um, Max Maroff was recalled from AAA Indianapolis to take his place. And it's one of those injuries, Drew, that you, you don't necessarily see that this type of injury recurs. But actually, in Harrison's case, he fractured the same hand in metacarpal last season. It, it, it wasn't managed via surgery or anything, but it's just a bad break, pun intended. Hmm. Uh, for Harrison yeah. <laughs> that he broke the exact exact same metacarpal as he did last season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, I mean, you, you think of soft tissue injuries in a hamstring strain or a calf strain; those things have a tendency to crop up again. But to break the exact same bone, I mean, just bad luck for Harrison, uh, mm-hmm. a key cog for for those Pirates. Uh, so again, team expecting him to miss six weeks, uh, allow adequate time for bone healing, and he should be good to go. Uh, we hit on this player, I believe, in our last episode, episode four. Jose Martinez had uh, had a collision at first base, I believe, and he, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we had mentioned he had some an, an Achilles bruise, I believe, and now he's dealing with a little bit of a, a left wrist sprain, Drew. 
Yeah, so he's getting beat up over at first base. A couple collisions. Uh, you know, we talked about the Achilles previously with Loren- you know, you know, with the collision with Lorenzo Kane. This time he was in a collision, injured the wrist. Um, you know, a couple games were postponed, and you know, obviously you get a day off in that regard, but he didn't miss any game time. Uh he's back in action. He's hitting 329. He's been phenomenal for the cards. So um a couple freak injuries over at first base, but uh you know, it's, it's, it seems as if they're not going to linger. Yeah, so that's good news for Jose Martinez and the Redbirds out there in St. Louis. We're going to move on to a new segment of our show. Now that we've got uh, four shows under our belts, we're going to revisit some of these old injuries that we've talked about on previous episodes and give everyone kind of an update on how some of these guys that we talked about previously are doing. So without further ado, in episode one, we discussed Zach Britton and his partial Achilles tear. Drew, he had surgery. How is Zach Britton doing out there in Baltimore? He's doing pretty good. So he was uh, earlier this week, he was fielding some ground balls. He was sprinting. Uh, he pitched off a half height mound. All right. And uh, he threw 20 pitches. Uh, and it seemed as if all was well. So you would imagine that, well, in, you know, he'll increase the pitch count. And then once the pitch count, pitch count gets a little bit higher, he'll move towards a, a, a full height mound. He's eligible to return on May the 28th, so we've got a full month before you can even think about coming back. Um, he might uh, start in AAA, get a couple uh, you know innings down there, and then maybe work his way up to um, the bigs. Uh, so, you know, I know it says May 28th. Probably mid-June would be more realistic for him. Yeah, so it sounds like Britain's progressing without any setbacks here from that Achilles tear. Again, not an injury you see all that often in baseball, uh, more of an explosive type injury you see in a basketball or a football. So sounds like Britain's progressing as expected and definitely a key piece of the back at, at the back end of the bullpen for Baltimore. Staying mm-hmm. in the American League East, uh, moving on to Dustin Pedroia. Uh, we talked about him also in the first episode of the podcast. Um, he was dealing with a cartilage repair that occurred in late October. Uh, he had been cleared to run. He's been cleared to run and taking ground balls. They initially gave him a seven-month return to play timetable, which from the surgery would be about mid to late May, possibly early June. Uh, he, he dealt with this knee issue last year, and uh, from what I've seen, he's progressing as expected. Uh, still looking at that late May, early June return to play timetable. Um, Boston's off to a fantastic start. So to get a veteran guy back in the lineup and contribute. Uh, the, the way he has been able to in, in previous seasons would definitely be beneficial for the Boston Red Sox. Jumping over to the National League East and Daniel Murphy, uh, he had a pretty significant procedure performed last year, Drew, uh, that knee microfracture surgery. Have you have you seen an update on, on Murphy? What can you tell us? I have. He's, uh, he's going slow, and they're pretty specific with the amount of at-bats and ground balls that he's taking. Took five at-bats the other day. Took 35 ground balls. I'm more interested in the ground balls because there's some element of surprise where you might have to, you know, twist a, you know, and and kind of cut a different way if the if the ball hops at an odd angle. Um, but according to the reports, look good with the limited number of at bats and ground balls. So looking at time uh, time frame, probably late May would be the earliest that we. Uh, hear about him getting ready to come back. And I don't think that he'll start off in AAA like Zach uh, Britton might. I think he'll probably go up with the ball club, uh, you know, straight to the Nats. 
Now, Drew, I know you said late May uh, for for Murphy to return. Have you seen anything officially that the team or the medical staff have, has put out, or or is this just going off of kind of clinical experience and, and clinical knowledge? Well, that and kind of the timeline. So, um, you know, back when he had this procedure, he thought, well, basically, it falls in that time frame time frame of, of April, May. He was in the boot a little bit longer when they had that fan fest. So I just kind of bumped it back a little bit. Um, it could be a little bit earlier, but I don't think that the Nats are in a you know tremendous rush to get him back. They've had some guys fill in that have done decent. You know, there's there's you know I think they're third right now in the standings behind the Mets and was it the Braves or Phillies that are in second place right now? Let me see here. I've got it pulled up here in front of me. Uh, card. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? Uh, Mets, Phillies, Braves, Nationals in fourth, five and a half games out of first. Wow. So I got, I got them all right. I just said them all besides the Marlins. Um, <laughs> go. No, I, I think that's an appropriate time frame. Um, you know, you know, mid, mid May, maybe late May. So we'll kind of wait and see when he progresses a little bit further. Uh, there hasn't been any setbacks as, as I'm aware though. That sounds like it's good news then for for Daniel Murphy again, a, a ball club that is poised to make another postseason and try and make a postseason run. They haven't been able to do so in in the past years. They always seem to make an early mm-hmm. exit, but no rush there. It sounds like for Daniel Murphy. Uh, moving on to Michael Brantley on my Cleveland Indians, he had a deltoid ligament brace procedure performed um, at the end of last season. Discussed him in episode two. Um, that surgery was in. October of 2017. He doesn't have any restrictions currently. Uh, they put him on the disabled list to start the season. He only met, he just missed the team's opening road trip and was activated for opening day. Um, he's hitting over 300, I believe, hitting 320 um, and performing very well for the Indians. He doesn't have any restrictions at this time. He's able to play in back-to-back games without any issues. So he is performing very well for the Cleveland Indians. Staying in the American League Central, uh, going to the Detroit, the Detroit Tigers, Drew, your ball club. What can you tell us about Michael Fulmer? And so he had the that ulnar nerve repositioning procedure. He's pitched pretty good this season. He's got a one and two record with a three point four seven ERA. He should have won two games. Just for the record, he uh, he pitched phenomenally against the Pirates earlier in the year, but that was a game that. Uh, I think, uh, oh man, Troy Williams, Tommy Williams for the Pirates. He pitched, uh, you know, a no hitter. He had a couple walks during that. So he had six innings of no hit ball. I mean, he just faced them at the wrong time. But Michael Fulmer doing well, trying to carry the uh, Detroit Tigers to a couple more wins. Now, Drew, I've got a question for you. You mentioned Fulmer, quote unquote, should have won two games. Where do you stand on the the stat the the win for the starting pitcher? Are you pro win as a as an important stat for a starting pitcher, or, or do you say heck with it? Let's get rid of the win as a stat because I mean, I mean it can be really misleading. You can have an individual like Fulmer who pitches great um, and and not get the win, and you can have somebody who pitches really poorly and still get a win. What do you think? I get what you're saying. I mean, it's a team game. You know, if he pitches nine innings, complete game ball. You know, obviously, I mean, that's his W. Um, but, you know, you, you never know what can happen with when, it's, when a closer comes in or a middle reliever. It's the same thing with quarterbacks. You know, they go by wins. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a team game. Um, but to answer your question, you know, I like stats, so we'll keep it. 
That sounds good to me. Well, we'll keep the win for now until Rob Manfred says otherwise. Uh, <laughs> Alex Reyes for the St. Louis Cardinals, another young electric arm, had Tommy John surgery back in February of last year. Uh, they're targeting a May 1st return, so just uh, about a week away. Uh, they plan to utilize him in the bullpen and then transition to the starting rotation. Uh, he's progressed as they would have expected him to through, through rehab without any setbacks. Uh, and I anticipate, and the team has said that they're going to begin with some minor league rehab assignments uh, in mid-May as a starter and then try and bring him back to the big league level in the bullpen. So it sounds like all is going well for Alex Reyes with that Tommy John and he should be back up at the big big league ball club, uh, usually probably about the midpoint of this season. Mm-hmm. Heading out west to Julio Urias for the Dodgers, uh, had some anterior capsule surgery for his shoulder that we discussed in episode three. Drew, how's he coming along? Well, he had a little speed bump in his rehab. He, uh, he had to get his tonsils out. So um, he had to stop throwing. He he's not throwing on a mound. Uh, he's been throwing some long toss, so 120 feet, and then they'll eventually bump that up a little bit more. And then once they get more geared towards pitching, they'll, you know, kind of similar with with Britain. You know, they might well they probably won't do the half mound. I, I lied, uh, but they'll keep it short. They'll keep the pitch count low. And then you know, in regards to the rehab and the timeline, we're looking at mid August for for him to potentially. Uh, actually, I lied. I, I keep lying. Uh, I meant to say mid mid July. So mid July, okay. early August. Expect him to return. Um, you know, he's a young arm. You know, live arm. And who doesn't love pitching near the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a nice add. I mean, you, you look at all these teams who are looking to add via the trade deadline. This is going to be an in-house ad for the Dodgers uh, when he comes yeah. back that they won't even have to make a move for. So a guy who can come out there and produce, they'll definitely be. Some good late season help for the Dodgers. Uh, staying out west with the San Francisco Giants, Mark Melanson was dealing with uh, compartment syndrome. Drew, uh, any update on Melanson? Well, just to go back, he you know he had the pronator release due to compartment syndrome. In February, down the Cactus League, he was facing live hitters, and then he complained of of uh, um, you know some pain in the forearm. They diagnosed as a flexor strain. Um, he got stem cells to kind of, uh, you know, work on some tissue regeneration in that specific spot. Uh, he's going to, uh, he had a consult with Dr. James Andrews. They took a look at the ligaments, said that it's okay. Uh, he plans on throwing later this week. Now, my assumption is that there's going to be a pitch count, you know, probably 15 to 20 pitches to see how it goes. They'll work their way up if all is going well. But in the meantime, uh, you got uh, Strickland closing games out in San Francisco. Another one of those guys we'll probably uh, circle back and follow up in uh, probably the next couple episodes. Some of these guys who have a little bit longer rehabs, we're going to keep tabs on and uh, bring you guys the latest updates as they become available. We're going to move on here to a couple newer segments to the show, Uh, the quick hits and who's hot and who's not segments. Uh, The quick hits, we're going to talk about uh, the disabled list and the the teams that have been most injury-plagued and least injury-plagued this season, uh, leading the way in an unfortunate category uh, with the most total disabled list days by their players is the Texas, Texas Rangers. Uh, we're here and it's April 24th and between uh, their players that they've had on the disabled list, they have accounted for 251 days worth of disabled list time here 
uh, to begin the season. So a lot of time on the disabled list mm. for the Rangers. And they are also leading the way with the most disabled list placements and stints uh, with 13 guys who have been placed on the disabled list here to start the season. So not a good category to be leading the way in. On the other hand, if we look to the team with the least number of disabled list days and disabled list stints, it is the Detroit Tigers, Drew, and I'm, I'm sure that makes you happy. Uh, they've only got 19 days worth of disabled list time here as of April 24th and only two disabled list stints here early on. So not so good for the Rangers, but good news here early on for the Tigers, Drew. Yeah, you could almost hear me smiling through the microphone. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things a lot of a lot of times with baseball and any sport. I mean, a lot of teams will go as far as their health can take them. Yeah. Um, and so definitely good news here early on for the Tigers. Um, if we consider our, our, our next segment here, the who's hot, who's not section, we're just going to hit on our division leaders as of today. Drew, uh, what can you what can you tell us? So starting off in the American League, if we start in AL East, the Boston Red Sox are just playing out of their minds, um, 17-4. They lead the league in runs. Um, they lead the league in batting average. Um, their ERA is top three, so they've got hitting and pitching. You know, look at their pitching staff. Chris Sales, he's, you know, always phenomenal. You got David Price, who is turning it up this season. I know he had one kind of wonky start where he had some of that nerve issue in his hand. Um, and then you've got Rick Purcella, who's pitching actually tonight. I think he's given up three runs, but has been stellar to start the season. Uh, and then you got Rodriguez coming in um, after a little stint on the DL. I mean, you know, one through five is is great for Boston. And the lineup has been deadly with, uh, you know, Betts and Bogart went healthy and Hanley Ramirez and J.D. Martinez. So they've got a tough lineup to contend with. Uh, moving to the AL Central, your Cleveland Indians um, are are in first place. I'll just kind of skip over them. No, um, <laughs> you know they're not. You know they're not head and shoulders over everybody. Like like, uh, well, I mean Boston is still competing with the Yankees. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know the AL Central is, you know, it's no one's sticking out particularly now. I think the reason being is that Cleveland's offense has been so poor. You know, they rank 25th in, in runs scored. They're 29th in batting average, hitting 219. But their ERA and their pitching staff is is keeping them afloat with Kluber and Carrasco. Um, those guys are keeping them, uh, you know, in the hunt early on. And Carnacion, he heats up in June and July, so I think you guys are going to be fine. Yeah, I think but I think. That- uh, I was going to say, I think we'll be in good shape. But like you said, the, the the pitching is really what's holding us up. I mean, you look through our our lineup, and you got. Uh, a number of guys hitting below 200 uh, and below that Mendoza line. Yeah. So, you know, everything kind of evens out. Um, but, you know, with the, in Cleveland, it's been really cold too. And so that plays a factor as well. I think. I, I mean, I would certainly agree. I've got the, the Indians are playing the Cubs right now in their first matchup since the world series two years ago and it's it's cold it's rainy uh the the conditions are definitely not desirable and i I think like you said drew it definitely plays a factor and to round out the al uh west we got houston astros um similar to boston you know offensively they look great pitching wise you got verlander cole uh, mcculler's keichel i mean and charlie morton they all they all are pitching well right now and then to move to the national league you got this kind of surprise with the new york mets um they're they're right out in front in the al east 
Um, you know, offense has been pretty good despite some injuries that they've dealt with, especially at the catcher position. I think they're on their third guy right now. Um, pitching wise, they've always had a nice rotation when healthy, and they seem to be healthy right now. And then moving to the NL Central, you got the Cardinals uh, out in front. Um, they've had a really nice offense uh, to start off with. They've got 30 home runs to start the year and a nice ERA, 3, 3.29. And then rounding out the NL West is the Arizona Diamondbacks. And their pitching staff, we mentioned earlier, is phenomenal with Robbie Ray and Zach Greinke and Zach Godley and Patrick Corbin. Um they look pretty good. So I think we're pretty close right now with the picks that we made. I think um, I picked New York, so I'm off with that. But I think Boston was my wild card. I picked the Indians, and I picked the Astros. And I think my other team in the the wild card, I think it was Seattle, or or did I pick I'm, L.A.? I'm pulling them up here right now, see if we've got it here. Let's see. Um don't have yours written down. I'd have to go back and listen to the episode, uh, but but I think you're you're pretty spot on with who, who you said you had. I had American League Yankees, Astros, injury, Indians. So two out of three there. Red Sox with the first wild card and Twins with the second. National League don't have anybody right. I had Nationals, Dodgers, Cubs, Brewers, and then an off the wall pick the Giants um, mm. as a second wild card. So and I'm not doing so. Had, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> In the NL, I had uh, the Nats, the Cubs, and then the Dodgers. And then the wild card, I had the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals. So, yeah, I'm doing better than you, Brandon. Yeah, you, you've got the leg up. But, again, it's as you said in the last episode when we were talking about the, the Indians facing off with the Tigers, man, it's early. So, <laughs> it's, it's just April. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how things – Oh, no. We'll uh, sweep us. <laughs> We'll we'll see how things shake out come uh, the end of the season. So uh, those are the end of our uh, two new segments. And with that, uh, we're going to wrap things up here. As always, we thank each and every one of you to tuning in for uh, the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast here for Episode 5. Drew, do you have any final thoughts thoughts for the listeners this evening? No, uh, but just kind of a little uh, a little thought here. You know how we're doing teams that are hot and not. What if we did players, some players that were hot and not? Curveball. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly certainly on board that we can uh, plan that out for our, our next episode that we'll do here in a couple of weeks. We can uh, add some players in who are hot and who are not and uh, give a little more substance to the show. So uh, you guys have all that. You can look forward to that here in uh, episode six coming up. Um, with that, uh, you can follow us all on Twitter, the fantasy doctors at the fantasy DRS, myself at BL Bowers 12 and drew at drew Ingalls. Uh, be sure to check out the fantasy doctors website, which is new and improved. Uh, Jeff Spina, who runs uh, the fantasy doctors and does all the, uh, digital stuff, just updated the website and it's looking, uh, pretty pristine. So go over and check that out at www.thefantasydoctors.com. And be sure to download and review us on iTunes. We are now on iTunes, so we would appreciate your feedback on there. So that'll conclude Episode 5 for the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. For Drew Ingalls, I am Brandon Bowers, and we will talk to you next time.